Welcome back to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio right here on AM 920 The Answer. I'm Cleve Gaddis. In this segment, what is the other black mold? I wouldn't know if I looked at one mold uh, and compared it to another one. I wouldn't know anything about any black mold. The thought of it is actually a little bit scary. Remember, we want to connect with you. Go to gogaddisradio.com, G-O-G-A-D-D-I-S, radio.com. You can ask questions. You can make comments. You can push back. You can share ideas. We love when you do that. We, you can request your neighborhood be featured in our neighborhood spotlight coming up in segment four of this show. And you can subscribe to our podcast so you never miss a single segment of Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio right here on AM 920 The Answer. We've got a very special guest with us. Third time he's been on, Brett Gordon, CEO of World Class Property Inspections. Brett, welcome. Well, thanks for having me back again. Hey, thanks for being on. I really, really appreciate it. Every time you're on... Um, we get calls. We get people who want to talk to you, who have some problems, who need some help. So congratulations on that. Yeah, I appreciate that. Well, here in Georgia, obviously, you got mold just about everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, that is the truth, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, sure is. <laughs> First of all, what is black mold and what is the other black mold? Well, typically black mold, you're going to end up finding on like drywall and stuff like that. You also have, um, which is statubotrys normally. The other black mold, which everybody confuses with, is the cladatorium. Um, that's actually another type of mold, which is almost like statubotrix. Okay. Um, it's actually on drywall. I mean, you can find it all over the place, um, especially in houses. Okay. So what's the difference in the two? Are, is, is one of them uh, dangerous? Is one of them not dangerous? What's the difference, and why does a listener to this show need to know that there are two different types of black mold? Well, with the cladatorium, actually, it, the spores are a little bit um, thicker. Okay. And they can actually cause respiratory problems, sinus infections, nosebleeds, all kinds of different things, asthma. So that's why, obviously, it's a little bit more dangerous. But statubotrius is actually, it looks the exact same. They it's do. very confusing. The only way to be able to really tell yep. is to take samples. Yeah. So if someone has something that is, um, I'm going to say it looks slightly fuzzy. That's probably a bad description of it, but looks slightly, <laughs> it looks like it's almost textured growing on a wall. And if it's black and, and maybe you get these little circles forming, this is just Cleve talking about what he's seen in the past. How would somebody recognize whether or not they had some type of mold that they, they needed to probably have somebody come in and tell them what type of mold it was instead of just trying to clean it up with soap and water? Well, typically with the black mold, it's going to be either the, the stature botches or the cladatorium. Okay. Um, and that actually usually is on drywall and it needs to be removed. I mean, cleaning it up like with bleach or anything is not going to end up taking care of. So if you have a gray black substance growing on your sheetrock anywhere in your home, you need to have somebody come out and take a peek at it just to understand Correct. what it is. Okay. Okay. That's a good rule. And so is there, is it always black? When I see it, it looks dark gray to me instead of black. Uh, although, I, you know, I don't know that I'm seeing the type of mold you're talking about. I just think I am. Right. Yeah. There's so many different types. There's over a thousand different types Whoa, of, of thousand mold. Different types. So wow. if, if it's typically, if it's black, it's going to be the statubotrys or the cladatorium. Okay. Typically. Okay. If it's the green mold, it's going to be some other type of mold. Okay. Got it. Got it. Okay. So now we know there are two different types of black mold. One of them, the other black mold, sounds like it can be a little bit more dangerous to your health uh, just because yeah, it sounds like, the, sounds like the size of the particles. So anyway, if someone is buying a home, and there are so many people in Metro Atlanta, 115,000 families <laughs> in Metro Atlanta bought a home last year, what if you find black mold during the home inspection? Because you're a home inspector. 
and you're also a mold remediator. So what happens if you find black mold during the home inspection? What's the recommended course of action? I would recommend either taking an air sample, a tape sample, or a swab sample. That way you can know exactly what type of mold it is and what type of remediation needs to be completed. Okay. Now, is that something that a homeowner can do themselves, or is that something that they would ask the home inspector to make arrangements to have done? Yeah, most home inspectors do do that for an extra uh, fee. Okay. Um, but I would go ahead and take the samples, and what they do is they send it off to an independent lab, and they'll go ahead and let you know what type of mold it is and how bad it is. Got it. If you've just joined us, you're listening to AM920, The Answer. I'm Cleve Gaddis, the host of this show. I'm joined on the line by Brett Gordon, who is the CEO of World Class Property Inspections. Brett, if someone wanted to reach you, how would they do that? Um, you can do it either through my website. It's www.worldclassps.com or call us at 678-250-6653. Hit that information one more time, if you will, Brett. Uh, www worldclassps.com or 678-250-6653. Perfect. Or you can just go to gogaddisradio.com, click on contact us, say you want to talk to the mold guy, we will hook you up. And Daniels, as a matter of fact, has hooked you up with everybody, I believe, that has called so far. Okay. So three different types of tests you can use to determine what type of mold it is. You said one was a tape, one was an air quality, and then what was the third one? A swab. A swab. What is the best of those three? I would assume an air quality test is because I know industrial hygienists sometimes will use an air quality test, but I don't know what's the best or should does it most even, doesn't even matter. Is, is, yes, is the air uh, air test is most common. Usually, you do a swab or a tape sample if you have something where you, you know, it's on a surface and you want to go ahead and. and uh, find out exactly what it is. So, in other words, if it's uh, the black mold, you may want to know whether it's Stachybotrys or the Cladatorium. Got it. And is it because the treatment of either of those is different than, than the uh, other? No, they're no. actually the same. You just kind of want to know what, what type of, type it is. And so, so that's interesting. So if the cleanup is the same, why would you want to know what type it is? I would assume there's a reason. So is it because of the health risks? Is, is it, uh, what, what's the reason you'd want to know what, what type it is specifically? Well, I mean, you know, it can end up being in the air ducts and everything else, too. So you want to know how far to actually end up going also. So like the cladatorium stuff could end up being in your air ducts where your air ducts need to be disinfected and cleaned and everything also. Oh, that's so interesting. So the regular black mold, and I, I'm, I'm not using either of those names because I, can't, I cannot pronounce those names, <laughs> but the regular mold, because of the size or stickiness of the pores, it's not as much of a problem getting into your heating and air conditioning ducts. Am I understanding well, that correctly? Well, it, it, it still could, it can. but I mean, it's more likely to actually have the cladatorium in, in your air ducts and everything also. Interesting. It's funny. I am, uh, and I don't know how many other people might be listening to this segment, um, feeling like they're sniffing mold. <laughs> But but during our segment, I am I am I think I'm I'm uh, my mind is playing tricks on me, and I'm starting to think, oh my gosh, I can smell mold. I'm not I'm in a room where I've never had any mold, but but uh, that's what I'm looking at. So what um, are the th- of the three tests? Which one do you do most? Most we do is the air sample. Air sample, that okay. Is the most common. Okay, and what is something like that cost? It might be inappropriate for me to ask you on the air, but I'm curious as a homeowner if I had something I wanted to have tested. What would I have to invest to have it done for the safety of myself and my family? Right. Yeah. Typically, it's going to end up costing you anywhere from between a hundred to hundred fifty dollars per sample. Okay. You have to take one sample outside, which gives you your your baseline in the area, and then also you'll take a couple inside. Okay, so somewhere from three hundred dollars, maybe to five hundred, could get your your mold testing taken care of. 
Correct. Does that sound about Correct. right? Okay, good. Yeah. And then, okay, now, um, I've heard the saying where there's mold, there's gold. And I know there's a lot of people who listen who go, hey, a lot of people in the mold remediation business, um, they're not very honest. They're not very ethical. I'm not judging anybody in that business. But I know that a couple of times we've had clients that have gotten quotes from you and quotes from everyone else, and your price was significantly lower. And, and I remember one time we had a, a, a client where we didn't realize the buyer was going to set a high, such a high threshold for you know getting rid of the problem, and you went back and you redid and redid and redid. I mean, you stuck with it until you got the numbers right. So my question for you is this. What is the average, in your opinion, mold remediation job cost? Typically around $2,000, okay. depending on what has to be done. Okay, so it's not 10000 It's not 20000 Right. That's the concern that I would have as a homeowner would be, oh, my gosh, they found mold in my house. It's going to cost me thousands and thousands of dollars. So if you have mold in your home, if someone has mold in the home, and I know you're not a doctor, but are you to play one on the radio? Um, <laughs> if you have mold in your home and you don't get rid of it, what are the possible health effects? In other words, why should I be concerned whether or not I have mold in my house? Well, it could cause sinus infections, nosebleeds, um, and cause respiratory problems, asthma. I mean, it can cause uh, skin irritation. So there's so many different things depending on the person, the individual. It can cause all kinds of different things. So interesting. I have a good friend whose daughter, um, what do you call it when you're, when you're bitten by a tick? You can get, oh, Lyme disease. She had mm -hmm. Lyme disease, and evidently, um, and I, I, I'm talking about things that I don't even really know about, that really um, knocked out her autoimmune system. So she doesn't have it. So then she got into a home or a, an apartment, I believe in New York, and it had black mold and it just wreaked havoc on her health. Now she's okay. She's doing better. There's some type of infusion she's getting now and she's doing better, but she's been suffering th from this for years, like four or five or six years. It's just sad when you think about it, how those types of things can affect us. Now we've got about a minute and 40 seconds left uh, in the segment. I want to jump into how do you solve the problem? How do you clean it up? So I'd like to give you an example. Uh, let's pretend in my house um, in Johns Creek, Georgia, as you walk down to the bottom of the basement stairs, which is fully finished, fully heated and air conditioned in the basement, there is a black a spot of black mold. It's probably two feet wide and two feet high growing up the wall from the floor in the basement. Now, let's let's hope that that does not happen, but let's use that as an example. How would you clean it up? Well, typically, first we would contain it, and then after that we would actually cut it out and usually you want it going at least two feet above wherever the, the mold is at okay. to make sure it's safe. I mean, there's times where you have to, end up, you know, if it's two feet, you may end up having to go four or six feet. So that's the first thing is taking it out and then, you know, you'll end up uh, have to back in it, disinfecting it. Uh, we apply what's called trisil, which actually seals it so the mold can't grow anymore. Interesting. So you seal it up by covering it with like plastic or something. Is that what you're saying? At, you at say contain end, it. Correct. So you're not, um, you're not causing the spores to go all over the house. Yeah, typically you want to contain that room. So obviously you'll seal off that room and then you'll run air scrubbers to purify the air. And well, take air samples at the end to make sure it's all safe. Such great information, Brett. Thank you, as always, for being a guest on this show. Um, I think everybody needs to make sure that they take good care of their homes to make sure that they're not putting their health at risk. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, what is the number one reason people sell their homes today? And what's the truth about millennial home buyers? Are they out there or are they not? Stick with us. We've got those subjects and more. We'll be back. <laughs> 